0: welcome to the loose forward podcast. I'm Andy and I'm Callum and we're all about rugby league. The M62 and beyond. Good evening. Good evening. We're back again, week 2. Week 2. Back into it now. You've been I
1: believe you've been off work this week as well.
0: Well, only yesterday and today. Okay. So far.
1: Actually I'm quite excited tonight. There's a there's a documentary on tonight about Novak Djokovic. Oh, right. And his uh, anti-vax stance and things like that—they done a documentary already, haven't they? Yeah, he had to speak out because he would not they would not let him in Australia. And he said, "Well, if they don't let me in France, I'll Wimbledon. Not bothered because I'd rather not—not not, uh, I'd rather choose what goes in my body."
0: Right, it's all a bit strange, isn't it? You think? Yeah, it's his choice, though, isn't it?
1: Oh, I get that,
0: but
2: yeah,
0: I, I like Novak. I do. I like him. It's just a bit weird, isn't it?
1: Yeah. There you go, so I'm excited about that. Very good. Uh, What I wasn't excited about um, was um, I left work on Saturday around about, oh, half past six at night. And when I put the radio in the car, um, that that Six Nations thing was on. Don't know what that is. Right, well, it was Rugby Union. Oh, right. And they had a scrum at the end. Yeah. And I drove all the way home. And they hadn't set the scrum by the time I got home (laughs) (laughs) from when I got in the car at work. It took them about seven minutes to set this scrum. I'm like, what sort of game's that, really? Oh, dear. So if I hadn't had a radio in the car and I'd been watching it and wanted to know what happened, I wouldn't have missed anything. That's true. I don't think I missed anything anyway. No. There you go. So that's something I wasn't excited about. Right. What I was excited about was the return Rugby league, yeah, treated to uh, some good games, weren't with we, the first round. Absolutely, um, just just in general, though, I thought there was some there was some when you when you consider it was the first round as well. Yeah, there was some really good hands, some really good open play. Usually at this time of year, attacks are a bit well clunky is the, the fashionable word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but we were treated to some really good hands. Some really good um, innovation, some inventive kicks, just some big hits. Yeah, uh, and I thought for the first week, I thought that was really, really promising, and uh, big attendances as well. That was I noticed
0: that as well, actually, um, and I think we're going to touch a, a bit, a bit more on that, aren't we, later on? Because um, we've got. TV and ticket stuff coming up, haven't we? And I'm sure it'll come into that a little bit. But the, the numbers were uh, really good and really sort of promising for the season ahead.
1: Yeah. And I think it's one of Bobby's stats, so we won't say anything more about that. All oh, right, Fair enough. Uh, that's the only one I know, and he asked me not to mention it because he was on his stats. Right. Fair enough. Um, so what have we got on this week? Well, we're, as always, reviewing the uh,
0: latest Super League round, round one. So reviewing that, Uh, Bobby's Stats coming up, we've got a little bit about TV and tickets as we mentioned before, Um, we're also being joined by Super Salford fan Louise uh, to talk about all things Salford for a little bit and then we are sealing the episode with round two of the Predictions League, so I'll get my smug face ready. I'm just not looking forward to this. No, I bet you're not. I, I quite like this.
1: <laughs> Do you? Yeah, I think it's quite good. Well, uh, let's let's see what happens, shall we? Yeah, we will. Okay. So, shall we move on to week one, then? You
0: let's. And oh. Thursday night, grand final repeat, St. Helens 28, Catalans 8.
1: I thought Saints were fantastic. Mm-hmm. I thought the way they they played, the way they went about. Um, they're a team that they're a team that loves defending, aren't they?
0: They have been, yeah. Last last couple of years, yeah. And, um, and you'd never really, you know, the history of Saints, it's never really been about that, has it?
1: No, but then when you look at the other side of it, and you look at people like Wormsley punching holes in defence, um, that's setting people up, and then it goes wide, you know. And i I thought it would be interesting to see how they went on without uh without Nagama, uh, Grace was injured, um you know, the, the people Who? in the Coot, so the people in the um, in the back line last uh Farge, mm. so there was there was people in the back line. Um it had a big change pre season. Yeah. Um and if anything, I thought I thought Louis Todd at half back looked a real prospect the way he wanted to take the line on mm. and did and made some really good breaks. Uh, I, I thought that Conbad Hurrell was like the Hurrell cane. He was like uh, really, really a new lease of life. Whether we can keep that up every week remains to be seen, but on round one, really, really effective, wasn't he? Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, you know, Got off to a, a fiery start, didn't it? First tackle and Gil Dudson in the Simbin bin, and then there was what <coughs> seemed to be, to me, a lot of messing about and stuff by Catalan, especially, I think it was just, they were trying to run the clock down, weren't they, for that, that Simbin, Simbin yeah. And... and then they went in the lead. And then, and then took the lead, um, with, with 12 men. And then never really got another sniff after that.
1: I have to say, from my point of view, as impressed I was with Saints, um, I was equally as disappointed with Catalan. Mm. I didn't even see Mitchell Pierce. And no. I don't
0: understand. It's his first game, and he's moved countries halfway around the world and whatnot. But I, I don't know. I was just suspecting him to have more of an impact than he did. We saw did we saw um, Dylan Napper though, didn't we? Oh yeah, we definitely saw him. Mark Percival didn't see him coming. No, no. But I know you, uh, you weren't very happy with Dylan Napper, were you? And these Aussies
1: that that come over and. I just thought it was there was well there was one moment in the game where he made a break and he had a he made a dummy. It was mm-hmm. like the world's slowest dummy that anybody's ever taken. Um and um it, to me it just one of them that struck me a little bit of well, I'll I'll rip it up here. Mm. One of those that we've spoke about frequently. Um and then it's not quite going his way, so I'll, you know, I've had enough of this now. Yeah.
0: He didn't exactly light it up, did he?
1: No, and like I said, I think that was the whole um, Dragons team. To be honest, I think they were they were very poor. They'll get better. Oh yeah, I've, they'll I've, get better. I have no doubts they'll get better, but they'll have to they'll have to get better by playing rugby league and not trying to do what they were doing last week. Mm. Yeah, because they were just spoilers last week.
0: I, th- I do think that, that Catalan. And the fans and the team and just generally Super League will come the end of the <clears> season realize how good James Maloney was for them because I don't think Mitchell Pearce is going to be anything like that,
1: um, especially as as he's on our um, the uh, game changers list. That's put the uh, curse on him on it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I think next season what we should do is. Get people to write in who they want as their game changers, <laughs> and then it's almost like a curse. Then isn't it? It is. And then we'll pick it and is. choose which ones we want to be cursed. We did have Conrad Huggle though. True. I had Joey Lussex as well actually, and he looked good running he come he on. He did
1: look good. He did look good, and and yet surprisingly not for James Roby.
0: Yeah, that was strange. Hmm. Morgan Knowles wasn't it, and uh, they put James Roby to loose forward, and then Knowles was back
1: on before you knew it and then off again when he got simbin <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, a feisty start, um, but one that gets people talking and gets wets the appetite for Super League for the games to come over the weekend, didn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um talk to me about Castleford because a lot of people were tipping them to be top 4 finish, maybe even a dark horse for ground, well some silverware. And yet, in their opening game, didn't look very good and lost
1: 16-26 to Salford. Gave too many penalties away, uh, which Sneed kicked seven goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven from seven. 14 points out of the 26, three tries. I think it was three tries apiece. Yeah. So so that's that's an immediate problem for Castleford. Yeah. Putting the discipline right there. Yeah. You can't give Mark Sneed constant opportunity to take two points because he's going to lap those up every time, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I thought the tries that I did see from both sides were really good hands. There was some really good flowing um, side-to-side moves. Uh, and I thought, for, in particular for Salford, Joe Burgess was excellent.
0: Yeah, he made a, a few good breaks, didn't he? Um, it, it sort of set... He sort of said, was it Salford's first try, Kencio's try, but it all come from Marks and little chip over the top and Burgess and, and ran most of the length of the field then, didn't he? He got past Evils and then... Yeah, and then he, he did get caught in the end, but it set up that Passenger Passage of play. Yeah. ...pays of play for, for Kencio to go in. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they got another one, didn't they? And then another one straight from the kick-off. Which, again, was...
1: And just a break straight straight just. away, wasn't it? And I think that was Burgess that made that break, wasn't it?
0: Uh, yeah, I think it was, yeah. yeah. Um, and then just the Castleford line, either Ferrimo didn't come in or Jake Mamo just expecting to pass it in and was looking at him and he just ran through the pair of them, didn't he? It was quite funny to watch, really. But... And
1: Ferrimo found himself in the simbin bin as well. Yeah. Again, look- just back to those discipline problems as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Salford, sort of. But what a start for Salford. yeah. You know, we'll speak to Louise and a little bit about it, but um, I don't know whether we expected that at the start of the season from them or not. Really?
0: No, we said, didn't we, that this this league this year? Last week we said this the, the league this year is is quite open and and there's quite a f- pretty much half the league could finish anywhere in.
1: Yeah, know, not, the we said nine, ninth to third, didn't we? Yeah, it's yeah.
0: sort of it, it's wide open, but you know if. There's, there's teams like Salford and Wakefield and stuff who you're not quite sure what they're gonna do. So it could even you know, it could be more teams trying to get
1: into, you know, even less gaps. So And I think there's always there's a certain amount of pressure on players and coaches as well to, to get that first win of the season as well.
0: Yeah, I mean Paul Paul Rowley's really highly thought of, isn't he,
1: really? wherever he's gone, he's always done well. Yeah. So um, and and Cass will look at that as a as a chance to open their account. Um, with them being away at Warrington this week, it doesn't get any easier for them. No, not at all, not at all. And if um, you're not if you're not careful with that start, sometimes teams don't recover from that start. No, but speaking of Warrington, I thought
0: they were very very lucky to get two points at Leeds, um, with them winning twenty two twenty in the end. But yeah. um, Leeds for, what was it, 60 minutes or so, playing with 12 men, and then even down to 11 at some point. Leeds really impressed me, and I thought Warrington were very lucky to to get two points there.
1: We mentioned last week, didn't we, about um, the need for channelled aggression mm. by James Bentley. Yeah. What do you make of that? I can see why it's been given, and if the
0: clamping down on it especially... Um, I can can see why they've give that they're saying he had a uh, a clenched fist and I think I remember reading somewhere on Twitter that I think it was one of the journalists that spoke to uh, might have been Steve Ganson or someone but it was you know someone like that and they they basically said anybody who goes in with a clenched fist for a tackle is asking for trouble Right, and I've seen a couple of stills um, where it looks like it's closed and the next one is like his hands open so it wasn't was it closed was it open it's if it's a still picture it's hard to, to tell isn't it
1: um yeah i must admit when i saw it i've seen those still but when I, when i saw the game and you looked at it in in and let, let's let's be honest the referee's got one look at this and when he when you see it in uh real time it it doesn't look great no it doesn't look great
0: uh, and and obviously the disciplinary um panel has... Agreed with that because yeah. they give him him a, a three match ban and they can look at it again. Yeah. So, I mean, there's arguments that Widum's already sort of falling and
1: does it come off his chest or is it? It didn't look good though. How much of a problem? How much of a problem though was um, James Bentley got because when he came back at Saints last year after we mentioned it last week, he had a horrific injury, came back and when he came back, it was like he had some real sort of point to prove about his toughness or his physicality whatever however you want to describe it. And he was constantly in the bin, uh mm. constantly giving penalties away. Um he's moved clubs had a full pre season to shall we say calm down? And he's lasted what, fifteen minutes? Twenty four minutes. Twenty four minutes, sorry, I've done him a disservice there. Haven't you I? haven't,
0: yeah. Yeah. Show some respect. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I understand why he's quite emotional for this game if he's grown up being a Leeds fan and it's his debut for Leeds Rhinos and obviously wants to go out and do his best, does And he always played on the edge anyway. Um, he's just took it too far. I'm sure he'll calm down and, and adjust to these new rules that they're clamping down on. I'm, I'm sure, well, as a professional, he's going to have
1: to. Otherwise, he's not going to play many minutes, is he? As in, you can't go in with a closed fist and smack somebody around the head? Yeah. That sort of new rule. Yeah. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um,
0: but, you know, throughout the the opening round, there was a lot of cards, a lot of yellows, a few
1: reds, wasn't there? Well, there always is, because there's always something that, that you clamp down on at the start of the I season. I mean, it happened halfway through the NRL <laughs> season, didn't it, last last season? Yeah, anything head high. That yeah. was halfway through. Yeah, all of, so us, I mean, all yeah. of a sudden, there's about 16 sim bins in the week, isn't there? Yeah, the Magic
0: Weekend, I think, was the first week yeah. weekend. <laughs> um and there was i can't remember the number, but I'm sure it was double figures I think it was um but he's gonna to have to he's gonna have to learn these new rules otherwise he's he's not gonna play a lot is he
1: no no uh warrington i think is it fair to say need to do more
0: yeah, but like you say like you said before the the attack is the fashionable word is is clunky. And I think that's just what they were. They'll get better as well, no doubt, with the team that they've got. And, and Daryl Powell has obviously got uh, some good credentials, and we know how he plays rugby league. They will get better,
1: but they didn't look good. I think they're probably just relieved to get the two points.
0: I think they're very lucky to get two points. Yeah. Um, but before we move on, I just you know I thought that the job that Channel Four did was excellent. Yeah. Um the the coverage was brilliant and I thought Kyler Moore in the commentary box was brilliant.
1: Yeah. He's done some of the
0: um
1: ladies' games, hasn't he, before. I think
0: he's done some of that and he did some of the wheelchair stuff. Yeah,
1: and he's he's been really impressive when I've heard him on like on the radio and doing different things as, as yeah. a summarise, He's real he's um yeah, he's really talented for that, I think. Really quite yeah, really out for it, yeah.
0: Definitely a career there after he's finished playing. Oh I think so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Similar to to Mark's needs, Stefan Ratchford was perfect from the boot as well, wasn't he? Yeah, um, and ended up seeing him over the line with that, really.
1: Yeah, no, that's right. Um, um, we need to talk about Wigan, yeah, because, like, it, it, well, let's be honest, last year they were dull, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, no, they were. Yeah, they were. They didn't score as many points as Lee, did they?
0: Mm, last year, they might have just edged
1: it. Did they win the points per game challenge in, Not in to that ask borough? Andrew. Yeah. But you know but I mean, you know I don't think last year, for example, they would have put um that little kick in and then Jay Field sprinting the length of the field to, to go over.
0: That's because he didn't play and there's nobody else fast enough to do that. That's true, but I
1: don't even think they would have that would have crossed their mind to do that because last year they were so dull. Dull. Structured. <laughs> Organised,
0: dull. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he he's rapid, isn't he that Jai Field. Yeah, um, Ul-Keyar, I think gifted him a fair bit. Um, you know, Bibby scored two tries that were pretty much identical. Where that uh, winger from Ulkaya, Wood, I don't know his first name, dropped dropped two of the bombs. Didn't he and Bibby? Yeah. Sc- uh, scooped them, Pick up. them up, and yeah, it's good. So that's 12
1: points there. Yeah, um, you're right. They, they gifted them, they looked over anxious playing in front of the, the big crowd, a big, you know, a big day. Mm-mm. Um, it looked like it got to them a bit, really.
0: Maybe it's because there is more expectation on them this season than there has been in a long time. Well, ever, probably. And I said last week, I don't think
1: they'll make the playoffs,
0: no, and you you can see it now I think I know it's only round one but you could see it in them you know it's alright saying they were 80 minutes away from the grand final last se- last year but nobody expects them to do that and they were playing with a free reign this year there's expectations on them and it's completely different when some yeah. when a lot a lot of people are expecting you to do good things yeah and a lot of these players will never have been in that position yeah that's right
1: um Talking of a free reign and expectation How does that how does that apply to Huddersfield Giants? Um I think
0: they look good. They played some good rugby. I do think they were helped by the fact to lose were well garbage. Yeah. Um But it is more of an Ian Watson team in it now. So, like you were saying last week with Brett Hodgson and and this being you know that team being seen as his whole team, this will be busy being seen as Ian Watson's Huddersfield team. But how much expectation do you think he's on the Giants? Not a lot. I don't think there is. I think they could do what ulkr KR did last year. Similar position. Yeah. I don't think because there's so because they didn't do anything last year, and teams like ulkr Castleford. Um. Somebody else, I was can't remember now. Leeds have got better. They're not expected to beat these teams. Mm. So if they beat one or two of them
1: teams, that's a good season for them. And I think when you look at, if you look online at people's predictions, and no one's really got Huddersfield in the playoffs, have they?
0: No, I' not quite sure if they'll make the playoffs, but it wouldn't surprise me if they did. It did it in a, a similar place.
1: fashion to what Ul KR did last season. Hmm. Battling with those teams that sort of we talked about before about those that sixth place team, the teams like um, you know, Hull, Castleford, that sort of UK, that sort of yeah. ilk. Yeah. Yeah. Um Giants fans, fair to say, uh I think have a new favourite in, in uh Dio Farge.
0: Yeah, I think you got Man of the match on, yeah. I'm not sure if he got the, the Sky Man of the match, but he definitely got Man of the match, I think, on the Our League app. Right. Um. You know, with East, a lot of Saints fans were sad to see him go.
1: It's um, good to see him fit again and playing, because he had a wretched half of the season after he had a shoulder injury, didn't he? So he broke his shoulder, team. I think, didn't
0: he? But um, Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, in the
1: Challenge Cup final, I think, that wasn't it? I can't remember if he did it
0: in it or he'd done it previously Before. and tried to yeah. get through the Challenge Cup final. And he couldn't, could he? No. Um, but it, a fresh start for him and he'll, he'll be wanting to go out and prove a point to quite a few people,
1: I think. Question for you Are you more, less, or the same worried about to lose? More. I think
0: because I don't think they'll win a game because I think that the players that they've lost you know, like uh, Jonathan Ford and and such a a massive loss for them and I don't think they're being helped much by COVID still I think there's still some restrictions in France and then there's all this about they can't play if they're not vaccinated (laughs) under French government rules and the players that they've brought in aren't exactly, um, I wouldn't say Super League standard, but they're not like the top Super League standard players, are they? Or even mid, I think. You know, I don't want to be unkind, but the first name that comes to mind is Matty Russell. And you look at the amount of teams that he's had. I mean, I think his biggest team was Warrington. He never really had um, a starting position, never really solidified a position of his own, did he? I know he's a winger, but... He w- there was always a better winger than him. And I don't, I think that there's quite a few players like that in that team who aren't really what you would call regular Super League starters.
1: And based on what we've just said about Huddersfield, I mean that's a that's a that's a tonking, isn't it really? Yeah. Against a that, team that that's a team it wasn't expected to do yeah, well.
0: If you're gonna stay up, that's the sort of team based on what people's predictions are, you're gonna have to beat you, you want to stay up. You
1: certainly can't lose not you know, like 42 that. put past you.
0: <laughs> not like that.
1: <laughs> no. There's
0: what teams I... like Salford, Wakefield, Huddersfield, who they're going to have to beat at least, each of them teams at least once. They can't drop four points against them teams, I don't think.
1: How would you feel? Each of them teams. About a 14-team Super League.
0: Um, I... Wouldn't be against it, I don't think, because you'd
1: just scrap loop fixtures, wouldn't you? Yeah. Which are ridiculous anyway. Would they have the quality there? Because I'm thinking... We mentioned last week... I to Toulouse I know. are better than Lee, last yeah. year. Yeah. This year, I get the feeling that Featherstone are better than Toulouse. Yeah. So if you had them both in, plus one more, mm-hmm. that would give two of them the chance to survive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, possibly. and and, you know, if they... Stay up, then another year in Super League. They can attract
1: better players, probably. Should they be exempt from relegation? Because that happened to Catalans when they came in the league, which yeah, was what it, around about the it, early two thousand, mid mid early two thousands, wasn't it? It did, it did mid noughties.
0: But should they be given exemption? Why give them exemption? Let's say they get relegated and Featherstone come up. Should Featherstone be given exemption? Well, they wouldn't be, would they? So what's the difference? There is no difference. Just It's just because they're in France. It's expansion, isn't it? Yeah. And I get that, but why should they be given an exemption and, and nobody else? Why weren't they given an exemption last season? Hmm. For me, it's not about expansion. It's about the team coming up and trying to survive. doesn't matter where they're from whether it be Featherston, to Toulouse, Halifax, wherever, York.
1: Should they get a bigger salary cap if they can sustain it for, for a year? But are they spending to this salary cap? I don't know. So what's the point? Mm. There
0: mm-hmm. isn't one. If they're not spending to the current salary cap, there's no point <clears throat> giving them a bigger one.
1: You, you then worry uh, for the game gen- in general a little bit because... We've seen Toronto go by the wayside, haven't we?
0: Yeah. A lot of
1: that was mismanagement from the owner and stuff, though, wasn't it? And COVID didn't help, did it? No. Um, but if Toulouse went down again, would they have the same uh, means to build a squad to come back up again? Uh, po- possibly.
0: It's. An, I, I think it's an attraction for, for players like Catalani, is, you know, south of France and... Mm and just trying to build on that, and they've just got to keep at it, but should they be given exemption from relegation, my immediate thought is
1: no. Okay. And that begs a different question, I suppose, which is a debate for another day, which is, should everybody be given exemption from relegation, and go back to the licensing? But that's a, di- that's a debate for another day. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've got one more game. Yeah. Uh, Wakefield 12, Hull 16. Yeah, um,
0: quite a close game, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, Um, one thing I I do want to say is pay our respects to Johnny Whiteley, uh, who sadly died this week, 417 games for the Black and Whites and coached uh, on both sides of Hull and was also coach of uh, Great Britain in 1970 when we last won the Ashes in Australia. And then came back for another spell as Great coach in the uh, early eighties. Yeah, um, and uh, he, he read that that we were reading that Kangaroos book, weren't we? And he's he's in there. That's uh, he was quite uh, upset about certain things that went on with Great Britain there, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, you know, he felt he he didn't really um, deserve the way that they were treated. Then they, they asked him to go back and. But They weren't paying him, but they were paying everybody else or something, yeah. Wasn't it? Or yeah. they were paying him like 100
0: quid or something, yeah. They, they either didn't pay him or they paid him a ridiculous low amount, yeah. Yeah, the way that the RFL and that treated him was, uh, yeah. pretty disgraceful, really, after That's... everything he'd done,
1: yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, a giant of the game, mm. uh, and rest in peace, Johnny, and uh, uh, condolences to all his uh, his friends and family, absolutely. So, uh, Wakefield 12, Hull 16, yeah,
0: uh. Luke Gale with the opener on his uh, debut. Um,
1: I thought he looked quite good. He'll, he'll... His hair was looking very smart as well, I thought. <laughs> surprised it didn't blow off. He had like a proper parting and everything. I know. That's what money buys you. I,
0: mean... <laughs> um, I thought Tom Johnston, it was nice to see him finish 80 minutes as well, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Made a nice break that led to the uh, Corey Hall try. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, I did like the um, New Fijian lad that Hull have got that uh, Lavodva, Lavodva,
1: the one that celebrated ten yeah. yards from the line after his outrageous and then, dummy. And then I think he realised that there was a defender coming across, <laughs> was not there? Yeah. And he, then he thought, "Oops, better get a move on." I think the defender, I think the full, I think it was fullback, I think, and the fullback must have been in the in the line of the padding, yeah. the yeah and he looked round couldn't see him next thing you know he appears at the post and thinks ooh better get a shift on here he? and yeah, it was funny that I did like that though um and
0: jake connor's red card is the big talking point i think from this game yeah what did you make of that <laughs> it looked a bit soft to be, to be honest from me it it was, it was I, I i'm not sure i would call it a swinging arm it was more of a lazy arm and lee <laughs> gaskell has got a history for milking it, shall we say? Yeah. Um, not that he hasn't hit him high, but it was just a lazy arm, I think. <laughs> it, it, if you're looking at, it, it, a lot of people are comparing it to the Bentley one, and I know it's a separate tackle, but it, I can see a lot of similarities in it, and yet Bentley's come away with a three-match ban, and Jake Connor a one-match ban, I think.
1: Right. So it's not as serious. That's what they're saying. Isn't it? Yeah. So I don't know. It's just a bit. And yet you could get the similar thing on on another game where it goes high and you're in the sim bin for ten minutes and then nothing else gets done. So you haven't got a ban at all.
0: Yeah. It, it was it. It just looked soft to me, to be mm. honest. Um, yeah. and it, it'll be a big miss next week.
1: Um, when Hull host Saints. Yeah. Um, anything out, out of the two teams that made you think anything different about what we said last week about them?
0: No. No? Just as simple as that, I think. No. Um, expected Hull to win. They didn't look great, but like you say, it, it can be a bit rusty, can't it? First game and, and the weather uh, didn't look great. They looked a bit muddy by the end of the 80 minutes, didn't they? Like an old-fashioned 80s was game, a, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Wait, you can always count on Wakefield for that. Yeah, good old Wakefield. Well done, lads. Um, uh, And Wakefield, you know, I expect them to put up a fight against a lot of people. I just think they'll struggle to get over the line against a lot of teams. Yeah. So, uh, pretty much what I expected, really. Okay.
1: Excellent. I think that uh, sees us through week one, doesn't it? It does.
2: It's Bobby.
0: Starts of the week. It starts of the week time, and on the phone for the first time in 2022. It's Bubbles.
3: Hello.
1: <laughs> How are you?
3: I'm good, thanks. How are you
1: guys? Good. I believe you've made a request to. Uh, have an actual microphone as well in future weeks.
3: Well, I've I've, uh, I've opened up Tuesday nights as a, as a free night now, so I don't see why not. I feel like I've deserved one.
1: Mm. I'll have to put it to a vote, I think. <laughs> yeah. Do we want him on or do we not? <laughs> Just let us know. The call is in your hands. Uh, I vote now. That's one nil already.
3: <laughs> I vote yes.
1: <laughs> you don't get a vote. Why do you get a vote? It's down to it, it's down to our listeners and followers. It's my podcast. I own it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so, Stato, have we uh, have we got some stats news?
3: Yes, we do. We have five stats.
1: Ooh, not bad from week one. No. Okay, let's hear them then.
3: Okay, Uh, stat the first of 2022 uh, is that Gil Dudson of Catalans now holds the record for the quickest yellow card in Super League. He was sin binned after one minute and forty seconds. It would have been fifteen seconds, but the ref forgot to stop the clock. (laughs) Okay, so
1: it's Adrian.
3: yeah, first tackle. <laughs> yeah. Um, sticking with uh, cards and uh, and uh, quickness of it, uh, James Bentley also now holds the quickest red card in Super League. Whilst making his debut for a club, he was shown he was shown red after just sixteen minutes into his Leeds Rhinos debut.
0: Mm, I thought it was twenty-four. Huh? Oh, I said 16, didn't I? I thought it was 24. Maybe it's me. Maybe it's me. Don't argue with the stat, man. Okay. (laughs) Apology accepted, by the way. (laughs) Apology accepted. (laughs) I was just trying to stick up for James Bentley.
1: Okay. (laughs) Uh,
3: Stat number three is, since 1997, only five of 13 teams have won their opening game in the league after being promoted or given a licence Okay, so the teams are Salford uh, Hull FC who were at the time were Hull Sharks Catalans, Hull KR and the London Broncos London were the last team to do it in 2019 however Salford hold the best record after being promoted three times and winning all three first round games
1: Excellent. Mm. I, I, I lost that at Hull Sharks. I was thinking soon ditch that, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay,
3: start four. Start number four is St. Helens haven't lost a first round match in nine years.
1: Really? Yeah, from
3: 2014 to 2022. They haven't lost a game. The last defeat came in 2013. Do you know who they lost to? London. Don't it know. wasn't London. I don't know. It's uh, just a guess. Lee. <laughs> no, it was Huddersfield, was Giants. It Huddersfield they... Giants. Was it Huddersfield Giants? Huddersfield? Huddersfield. It was Huddersfield. They lost 40 points to four.
1: Ooh. Ooh. That's a bad defeat. That must have been when Kieran Cunningham was in charge. Mm-hmm. Might have been, yeah. And have we got a uh, have we got an absolute perler for stat number five? Then uh,
3: number five is I, I I really like this one because I think it's uh, I think it's good promotion for the league as well. Um, so this weekend saw this week's round of fixtures saw fifty eight thousand one hundred and seventy three fans attend the opening round of fixtures in Super League. It averaged out at about nine thousand six hundred and ninety-five across the six games, making it the highest opening round attendance in over ten years for the league.
0: Excellent. Excellent. What was the number?
3: For with average or the total the amount.
0: Total, sorry. The total amount
3: was fifty eight thousand one hundred and seventy three.
0: Excellent. That's good, then it's positive, yeah. that isn't it? Very positive. Ooh, I don't yeah. like all this positivity. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Ooh, no. What we're going to talk about?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh well, thank you, bubbles. That's uh, excellent, uh, excellent stat work.
3: I'm glad you liked them. Yeah. Uh, th- it's a bit harder, bit harder to find all Super League ones, but I think I found some good ones there.
0: Yeah, you've, been I think, you've done I right. think you should focus on the uh, Super League ones for this
1: uh, yeah, season as well.
3: <laughs> yeah. Instead of, instead of like, me, like
1: eight, NRL, eight NRL and one Super League stat.
3: Yeah. I will try my best with that, but unfortunately Super League don't release as many stats as the NRL do, so it is a bit harder to find them.
1: Mm. Well, if you do it, there's a mic in it for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, listen thank you bobby and uh, we <laughs> shall speak to you next week
3: yes you shall uh well you might speak to me in person who knows mm,
1: yeah depends on the reaction we get let's see
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right well enjoy the rest of the show guys thank you very much
1: all right, all thank right you, bobby. see you later bye
3: see you soon bye
1: Starts of the week. Uh, well, that takes us nicely on um, to the TV debate mm. with the attendances and things. Yep. Um, we we started to mention this last week because we weren't quite sure what sort of product Channel 4 we're going to put out, were we? No. And uh, it's fair to say that the overwhelming consensus is that people have been suitably impressed, haven't they? Definitely. And
0: I, I don't know whether that's just because it's something new. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just nice to hear different voices and you sort of get rose-tinted glasses with... And I'm not trying to put a downer on it. I, I did genuinely think it was good, but uh, to see that many people love it, it's just weird in rugby league, isn't
1: it? It is. And the um, I mean the average... A ten, the, the average viewership was around about six hundred thousand, wasn't it?
0: Mm, I I read the uh, the Channel Four one; it peaked at around seven hundred and thirty five thousand. Yeah, which is uh, brilliant. And apparently, that is fifty percent higher than the 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 average. What was it? Sorry. Six hundred and something was it?
1: Yeah, something. Yeah. Well, they were, they originally put a thing of five hundred and ten, and then apparently it was six hundred and ten. Yes. Well, um, whatever the average it, was, it was an eight percent share of the the viewing.
0: Yeah. Apparently, it, that is fifty percent higher than
1: um, any other show um, for the ta- same time slot. Yeah. Which is brilliant. And I, I think I'm right in saying that um, I think Sky, uh, when they have a match, I think a good a, a good view. Them is around about 200,000 mark.
2: Mm.
0: So terrestrial TV is uh, it's a winner, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think Sky got a bit jealous because you see it on Sky Sports News, they put two wrong badges up on the, the scores. Yeah, one was
1: to lose, and they put, didn't they put Hulk Hammond instead of full FC? Yeah, they.
0: Yeah, or the other way around, I Or think. something it was the other I way think around. Think yes, it was the other L- way around. All FC instead of all KI. yeah, and that's right. And for Toulouse, yeah. they put uh, the rugby, rugby Union team. Yeah.
1: Oh, don't be jealous, man. <laughs> We don't need you. We're moving on. <laughs> well, do you think, I mean, everyone's full of the, the new kid on the block, aren't they? Mm. Um, and I suppose now that you've got four uh, suppliers, I suppose. You've got Channel 4, Sky, uh, BBC. Yeah. And Premier sports, yeah, and premier sports have done a great job so far with the championship definitely theirs has been their their um presentations have been fresh, they've been exciting, yeah pretty similar to channel Four in a way yeah yeah um but sky still hold let's be honest all the purse strings, yeah they do sky um... and and I think is it unfair of people to Criticize Sky so heavily on the back of what they have actually invested over the last 25 years?
0: Yes. Um, I think some of it is justified. Like, Sky don't come up with any new ideas for us, do they? They use the same intro graphics of them robots playing rugby. They've used them for the last 10, 15 years or something it's stupid. Iron Brew robots? Yeah, that they, they just took Iron Brew off. Yeah. Like, they, they, they don't really do anything new for us the best thing that they do on sky and i love it is when they have a player or a coach with john wells on the touch screen after the game
1: and it goes through a little bit in depth tactically and things like that yeah yeah i agree because the best one i ever saw was that was uh, trent robinson after the world club challenge one one time
0: yeah you know the i mean i don't watch it all the time um with either being at a game myself um, or, or working. Uh, but on Thursday, they had Alex Walmsley on after, and it, it was the first time I'd seen it for a while. And I just thought, this is brilliant, this, because they don't do this in any other sport, really, you know,
1: with, with the players straight after the game like that. Yeah, you don't get the, the technical input to that about. Why they're trying to attack down that side? Yeah. That, that, this is what this is the opportunity we're looking for. Mm-hmm. We're looking for him to come out there and outnumber that side, etc. Aren't they? And, yeah. And it's and it's really it's really interesting how they how they um, try and work the plays out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know I do like to see um,
0: the main presenters in a studio, which I've only ever seen twice. Um, I saw it, I think they were in one, I think Phil Clark was in one with Brian Carney and someone else, can't remember who, uh, for the Toulouse-Uddersfield game. Because obviously they're not going to send them over and put them on the gantry or whatever, so they stuck them in like a studio. But I like that, but they don't do that for us. Really, for me, all they need is is two, maybe three presenters in a studio and then a commentator and a co-commentator.
1: We seem to have the... The world and his wife, don't we, on every yeah. game. There's and then 10 I've, of them. I have
0: Jenna Brooks
1: on the sideline. Yeah. There's
0: I don't like... Ten, there's about
1: ten of them involved. Yeah, yeah.
0: and I, I don't like this, like, let's stick them in some sort of cardboard box on top of the gantry mm. type thing. Um I mean, it's you just sort of get used to it, but I would like to see us have a studio every week, and it yeah. is better than the presenter standing on the side of the I, pitch as well.
1: I don't think Sky should be immune from criticism.
0: No, no, that's what I'm saying. They, do, they have done a lot of good for us over the years, but things need shaking up on Sky, and they're not that bothered about doing it.
1: No, I know, that's right. That's right. Um... BBC had the Super League show on on iPlayer at 7 o'clock on Sunday. Which is... At Monday, was it?
0: Yeah. Monday, yeah. Monday, seven, yeah.
1: Which is brilliant
0: if you're a rugby league fan. Mm. If you're not, you're not going to go
1: out your way to watch it, I don't think. You probably wouldn't know it was on. No. And that's... Uh, I, I tweeted um, Tanya Arnold and made that point this week. And, and she kindly replied and said, I think 7pm is viewer-friendly. I agree. And I was saying, yeah, but I, the point I was trying to make was the the highlights show, um, you know, needs to be more sort of like um, a regular time, a match of the day type, or we know when it's on. Mm-hmm. And what she said was she she replied to another queer on the same thing and said, they don't have the resources that match of the day have. No, um, which, I, you know, and, understand. And therefore that it's not going to be on the same night on a Sunday because they're still filming on a Sunday afternoon at a ground somewhere, say. So they haven't got Which, that. again, I
0: understand. But, it, but even but, they've lost their studio. Yeah, They have right. They've stood at the side of the pitch, wherever they
1: are on a Sunday. But if... Right, that programme is obviously ready and edited and ready to go by 7 o'clock on Monday evening.
0: They've only really got one more game to edit by the time Yeah, but Tanya it, is presenting.
1: I wouldn't mind, would though, if the BBC Highlight Show was on a Monday evening... After the weekends' games, yeah. but it you knew that was on BBC Two, ten o'clock, ten fifteen, whatever it was on on Monday evening. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, or whatever time it was, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whichever channel BBC it doesn't matter, but it's just something that that's there. You know, as a you know, you know that you don't really need to know what time match. What times match of the day on?
0: Um, usually, it's between. Ten and a half,
1: ten in it on a Saturday. Past ten, yeah, you know that, then. Yeah, that's what I mean. You know that. You know when it's on. Yeah. When Super league show on next week, you know. Uh, seven o'clock on the iPlayer. <laughs> you know, but on telly, no, I've no idea. And that, that's the, and that is a, that to me, that is a problem. Yeah, and I think that's not that hard to address if you've got it ready on iPlayer. I but, agree. That's it. But, um, well done, Channel Four. Um, which then leads us into another little debate, and we know we haven't got that much time to do this. But again, the the issue of ticket prices has raised its head this week. Well,
0: there's been a lot going on on social media, um, mainly from Saint Ellen's fans because they're the ones having to pay this. That Hull are charging them twenty eight pound for a match day ticket
1: for a game that's live on television as well.
0: Yeah. And I understand both sides to this argument where £28 is a lot for Rugby League or what Rugby League fans are used to. And obviously when you are adding up your travel, food, beer, stuff like that. And I know that that beer is obviously not a priority, but people enjoy doing that and that's part of their game day experience. So you're looking at, 150, 200 quid or something, aren't you? For, depending on how you go as well. Train or coach that the club's put on or whatnot. So it adds up. And to do that every other week, that's a lot of money. Um, and I know what you're thinking. Oh, it's eight quid difference if you're doing 20s plenty. It's eight quid difference. But on the other side of the argument, it's like, well, you compare that to like Premier League football. and You know, you can pay... You're Fifty pay, quid you're average. Paying twice as much yeah. as twenty eight, aren't you? Fifty quid average or whatever. Um and that clubs can't survive on twenty pound a match ticket. But surely if it's twenty pound, more people come through the door, you would
1: think. Does that equate to away followings, or do you think as a rule that most teams take the same amount of fans wherever they go?
0: Maybe maybe for places like Hull when they play Lancashire teams maybe it doesn't matter what the price is they always get a sort of set because it's a long way it's not like going to to Leeds or Huddersfield is it It, it's a lot further
1: plus Friday night on the M62 isn't much fun is it no the prices equate roughly equate to League One football yeah give or take and some League Two slightly cheaper than that, but League One roughly ran about the same. Mm. Far exceeded by Championship and far exceeded by Premier League, obviously. Yeah. So when you look at that and you say, "Well, okay, well, our Super League players at the top of their profession and and the poster boys for the game, are they are they better than watching League One football?"
0: Absolutely. But as a rugby league fan. You, they are better than Premier League players for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, I, no, I agree.
1: But what I'm saying is is where they are as a as a sport mm. and where they're positioned in their sport, yeah. the top of the tree, yeah. if they're playing in the Super League, yeah, League One aren't, are they?
0: No. And I, I know what you're saying. I'm just saying, but for me, that's... It doesn't matter who, what sport you ask me. Do you know what I mean? I, it, the, the, I love Rugby League and they are the the best. So, you know, I... I, I, I It is a lot of money. Um,
1: It's a tough one, isn't it? And and we're not going to sort it sat here, are we? No. Personally, I think rather than 20 is plenty. I've come round to the the conclusion, I think, that 25 is plenty. I was just going to say the same thing, actually.
0: I don't see what you get charging 28. And I think if you're charging 25, I don't think people get upset by that, really.
1: Family of four is hundred pound in that case. If you if you if you adults, so I think family, when, yeah. Well, you know what I mean. If you you grown up, yeah, you may. So yeah, a group whatever, of four, group of four, hundred quid. Yeah, and I think if you look at that, I think that's a ceiling. Mm. Once you start saying, oh, it's hundred and twenty, yeah, hundred and thirty, then I think it becomes a.
0: And there was something with with all about a different matter. If you were at home fan or a season ticket holder you could take a mate for a tenner
1: or something like that yeah we sort of I don't get that yeah enough.
0: yeah. or if you bought a ticket you could get a second one for a tenner or something it worked out it was about yeah um 20 quid each or something stupid so
4: yeah well
1: let's see where we go with it yeah and um I don't think it's something that's going to sort itself out sooner than that and to be honest with you as as the rule of the the world prices don't normally come down a lot do they
0: well everything else in the world has gone up as well so you can understand that from like um, an economical point of view as well yeah. yeah you know we we have a business and we're looking at putting prices up because everything supplies have gone up yeah well. everything's gone up so yeah okay we can understand both sides
1: yeah
4: okay you call that a knife This is a knife.
2: That's not a knife, that's a spoon.
0: Maori All-Stars 16, Indigenous All-Stars 10.
4: You call that a knife? This is a knife.
2: That's not a knife, that's a spoon.
1: Absolutely insightful. (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) Thank you to the NRL. (laughs) Uh, We are now, I'm really, really pleased to say we're joined by our Salford fan who's with us this year, which is Louise. Hello, Louise, are you there? Good
5: evening, gents. Hi, I am. Good evening.
1: Good evening. Louise, we've just had a just before we start we've just uh, we've just been talking about uh, like television debate and ticket prices and things like this. What do you think uh what do you think's a fair price for for away matches
5: oh gosh um i think I think it needs to be around seventeen eighteen pound mark to be yeah. honest mm. um just because uh, more so now because this year everyone wants to come back out and get get back into it again after the disruption of the last two years. I think we're going to run into a problem with the cost of living crisis and people are now going to have to choose whether to go to the match or does that money need to go to, to the house or other responsibilities. And as much as people say, oh, you know, if you, I mean, I get a lot of this stick that you're not a proper fan, you know, you don't go to away games. But when people have got families and responsibilities, absolutely it's not so disposable income anymore where it used to be. You know, when you was a bit younger, you might think, oh, 20 quid's nothing, but it's kind of creeping up a bit now where you have to make a choice, whether it's leisure or or, or a bill, you know? So I think around anything above 20 is probably not going to be affordable for most families, especially if you need to drag the kids with you. And and it's it's the rest of the day, isn't it? It becomes, it becomes what you're going to do when you get there. Um, so, to make it affordable it needs to be you know under 20 but look at the kids maybe I, I, I personally I'd have, I'd have our children under under 12 go free to be honest.
0: Mm, I think that's a fair point I th- like, we, we were just saying weren't we about cost of living and, and all the prices going up and what we've had to do business wise and stuff so yeah. I think that's a really Louise the, makes the a really good
1: point though. about do you go to the match or does that good to like, household bills yeah. and stuff I and agree. it's something that we didn't touch on there but that's a really interesting point. Yeah. No I think
0: um, obviously when you yeah. kids growing up like you, you don't have to think about that anymore do you? So, no, <laughs> yeah. pay, pay yourselves
1: now yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, Louise, you have to tell me if I'm right about the Prediction League last week because you were the only person that predicted Salford to win at Castleford, right? Yes. And I said last week, you said Salford by two. And I said, Mm -hmm. if you say Salford by two, that means you really don't think you're going to win. So, am I right or did you really think Salford were going to win by two?
5: (laughs) I genuinely thought that we would win because... (laughs) The pressure was all on Castleford, the pressure of it being obviously the, the new Lee Radford era and the you know the ten and a half thousand. And I just think they were the ones that had to come out and perform. We just had to to play our game. And I, I knew that with Mark Sneed in the side, I think many teams underestimate what what Sneed can do. And it proves a point that he kicks seven out of seven. Yeah. And if if you're going to play it, an aggressive game against us and allow us to penalise you that many times. I think Rowley's got it under control now, where we will penalise teams and we will kick for the goal each time. Yeah. So it shows that that's what we're going to do pretty much most of the season. I think. Yeah. No,
1: I think you. I think you're spot on there, um, Louise. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about your rugby league journey and and your connections with Salford?
5: Oh, um, so. I am actually I'm, I'm six now, so I started going in nineteen ninety five and that was because um I mean I'm Salford born and bred but where I come from it's 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 football mad. Um you you're either born you you either born United or you're born City. Yeah. And that was very unusual back in Salford to be City. So we used to go to Old Trafford a few times, um and then my dad got my under my dad used to go to the rugby. But I, we used to just think he'd gone out for the day, but he'd actually gone to the match. Right. And we got kid, kids for a quid um, in school, um, and that was. And I came home with some tickets to my dad, and I said, "Oh, can we go? It's only a pound." And my dad was buzzing because he was like, "Oh, I get to go, and I can get to take the kids for a quid as well." So he took me and my little brother, um, and, it, and obviously it was winter rugby then as well. But we yeah. didn't mind because it was it was an exciting day out. And once we got to the willows and we saw all the kind of the atmosphere of it and you know it'd be exciting getting burger and chips and and all the noise and all the kind of excitement around it and that was it then once once we stepped into Willow's there was there was no chance we were never going to go back and my dad then saw it as a a, something we could do with him exclusively because my mum used to just go to bingo so my dad was like oh great I've got you know two of my kids and I would be mad so it used to be Season tickets for Christmas and wrestling for shirts for birthdays and all sorts. So Excellent. it was. Uh, it's just from then on in, it was just amazing. And yeah. and once I got the bug for it, it used to be, you know, ripping my dad's matchday programmes up and putting them on the wall, which he wasn't best pleased about come Saturday morning. <laughs> um, and and then I started volunteering on match days with with um, the, the media department, so I'd run the team sheets and once they'd been photocopied and won them to the press box and okay. then I did work experience there and it just become like a a, a kind of lifelong affinity with the club from doing even volunteer work and then I was in the paid work in the retail aspect and then under I was doing some media and marketing work um and 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 it's just been it's been pretty much the main stay of my of my life so mm-hmm. far really it's Took a backward step with with becoming a mother and and obviously responsibilities that that yeah, brings. Um, yeah. But the love never wanes. You just you just have to sadly uh, choose choose what you can do when.
1: Yeah, that's right. Absolutely, I'm sure we can all yeah we we, we can all empathise with that. That's for sure. Yeah, it's um, you mentioned about um, the willows there because because Callum we used to really enjoy going to the willows, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Um, just like especially like for away fans because you could stand behind the post but you had the, they had the seats above didn't they above the away end where you could just yeah. go in and sit down for free couldn't they they didn't even yeah. charge any yeah. to well, go in well that
5: was the that was the family stand originally yeah. and, and and you wouldn't get a better view than that above right up in the north stand um, it was brilliant yeah, but for right. atmosphere you have to be you have to be in the shed to be honest but yeah. the whole the whole ground um, lent itself to atmosphere there wasn't one area of the ground where you would go and you'd think oh it's a bit boring here yeah no, um, that's right it um, had a lot of
0: character, didn't it? It did. And I saw my first Super League streaker
1: at the Willows.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me, was it? I thought it was me. It wasn't
1: woman too. It could have been if you'd have had a few too many to drink. Yeah, it could have been, yeah. You actually you played, Callum, you played um, was it like under seven, under eight? You played uh, I played
0: uh, my first ever game of rugby league as a curtain raiser. At the you did Willows. at the
1: Willows, that was your first ever game, wasn't it? The
0: Wrighton Tigers. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You did, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that.
5: And it was it was one of the best surfaces in Super League. It was, uh, it, it literally, just the problem was it, it had no room to improve due to it being so um, surrounded by housing. Yeah, that's right, um, that's right. And there was no way of either going up or going outwards. It was, we were just essentially trapped in the sense that we couldn't, we couldn't do anything with it apart from, you know, basics which, you know, it's all hindsight now, that's isn't right. it? But it was it was just it was just fantastic for us and it's just a shame that we're now looking for another home, another potential home, but Yeah. That's a...
1: I was gonna ask you about that. Um the um all the, the, the stuff around um Salford City and I mm-hmm. suppose as well how much do as an identity, how much do does Salford miss the Willows?
5: I think we're having a. This is, I think this is our 10th year, 11th year at the AJ Bell, and I think we're still on the the heartbreak uh, feeling of, of not having the Willows because it was solely ours and it was our identity.
2: Yeah.
5: Um, the AJ Bell was sold to us in the sense as we thought this was going to be our, um, you know, what Saints did with theirs. We thought we we're going to get exactly the same.
2: Yeah.
5: And what we've ended up with is the biggest white elephant we could we could have wished for and that's nobody you know and when you think of it in business terms that's just nobody's fault because there was lots of uh, financial collapse around Red City developments and um, John Wilkinson our our old chairman he, he he gave as much as he could Absolutely. to the club. and It was a proper sort and, of like
1: family club, wasn't it, when John Wilkinson was
5: Yeah, there. yeah. And I think it's easy to point fingers, especially as fans. We say, oh, we should have done this, we should have done that. Mm. But when we're not the ones planning hundreds of thousands and, and millions over mm. 34 years, yeah. it's easy to say that isn't it? And
2: Absolutely.
5: I just think the AJ Bell has, has just lacked, lacked character. Um, it's a fine stadium in itself if you want to just go and watch a rugby match and that's it and then come away. Yeah. It doesn't have anything else with it. So they've never talked to it and and but they always still say, No, oh, it's a nightmare to get out once parking and that was in the first season. It's 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 changed incredibly since then. It's probably easy to get out now, but people still remember that first season where you have to wait half an hour, forty five minutes to get out and they still say that to this day and that's people that haven't been since 2015.
1: Well, well, Callum will tell so. you why. Callum will tell you why we didn't wait 45 <laughs> minutes to get out. Well, I, well, we went down, didn't we? We went with my mate Lloyd, yeah, who's
0: um, Indian, yeah. So when we drove up to the, the the chap on the car park, we told him that he was a doctor on call, <laughs> so that we couldn't get trapped in. <laughs> in case he got called out and we had to leave. So he put us in this little section on
1: our own. <laughs> that is
5: just, very funny.
1: And then we just ran out of the ground. We just ran out of the ground at the hooter, didn't we? And like, he said, yeah, yeah, very, yeah. Thanks, thanks. Mate. Oh, no worries, Dr. Lloyd. I'm
5: sure the, the powers at AJ Bell will be melting that down now. Yeah, yeah
3: probably. <laughs> yeah. There'll,
5: be no, there'll be no racial profiling going yeah, on anymore. Fair. I'll tell you that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but we got away quick that night, didn't we? It was yeah. good. Um, Louise, I, I mean Salford, they've, they've had some. I mean, I suppose by Salford standards, and I don't mean that in any disrespect, they've had some really, really sort of fond memories lately. Making a grand final, making a Challenge Cup final. How how do they how do they follow that now? How does Salford follow those sort of like, we'll say, glory moments over the last few seasons? Yeah.
5: Uh, I genuinely think those two moments, I mean, the the grand final in itself was, was a life, you know, a a dream come true. And, and for us all to be able to experience that moment was enough for us. I don't think we could have experienced what it would have felt like to lift the trophy, but we we got there and we competed and we were there on merit. We wasn't there on um, deduction of points from other teams and stuff. We got there on our own merit. So, that was great. But the problem with that was COVID then stopped the growth of the club. After that, um, we missed out on Wembley, going to Wembley and, and feeling that, that kind of vibrancy around it. So it's, we almost have to put that to bed now and say we experienced it. That's great. But the club going forward, I don't think we can, I think we peaked at that point. So that's, we're not going to achieve that again in the next two, three, five years because it took us so long to get to that point anyway. Yeah. Mm. So now all we need to do is to survive in Super League, to, to improve season upon season. And once we move to hopefully uh, More Lane, that will be the catalyst for the new, I and mean, we have a new Salford era every time we get a new coach or a new owner, but it's a catalyst to be reborn as a Salford that we can all identify with yeah. mm.
0: so what about the, the, the team this year the 2022 squad where do you see the strengths and weaknesses in this squad
5: oh I mean we can all see that the strengths are obviously in the halves aren't we with, with Mark Snead and Brody Croft mm. um, and I was worried about the departure of Christian Inu I thought oh he's going you know, to miss his kicking and his strength um, but then when you think about it he did miss a lot of games through suspension or injury and we dealt with that, okay. But I just think we've got a lot of attacking players. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just if the forwards can, if we can keep the forwards uh, rotated and fresh, um, I think we're going to play an expansive style of rugby that will surprise a lot of teams because they know we're quite weak in in the forward pack. We're relatively young in the forward pack as well so it's about Using our our centers and our wingers to to complement the halves instead of the forwards laying the platform as as per you know what you would usually do in 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 the uh, the contest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you, you've talked about um, you've talked about like you know not being able to follow that grand final, the Challenge Cup, but just finally, and you've talked about like um, surviving and building. So, what's your What's your wish for 2022, Louise? Finally, what's your um, what's your prediction for uh, for Salford for this year?
5: I think we're going to finish ninth. I think the, the, the league as a whole, every team has has um, really added to their squads, and I think it's going to be the tightest season that we've seen mm. as as a competition for a long time. I think there's too much at stake. Um, for most teams, and I think it'll be you'll see a lot of close close games. I think for us to sneak ninth, I think will be will be a good achievement because everyone, I mean, most people have us are to loose down. Um, but I think if we can if we can edge to safety and, and sit comfortably in ninth, that'll be just enough to see us through yeah. to next season, and hopefully in, um, a new stadium, which will give us security. I think we can't afford to to be having a two-way battle at the bottom because we then can't find players going forward or retain players. I think we need a sense of, of security that, yeah. that that mid-table finish will give us, really. Yeah, brilliant.
1: Well, Louise, thank you so much. It's been an absolute delight to introduce you to our listeners, hasn't it, Callum? It does, yeah. Um, and you've spoke eloquently and absolutely fantastically tonight. So thank you so much, and we will speak to you again when um, there are more. Uh, there, there's more Salford developments, won't we?
5: Absolutely, it's a pleasure, and um, good luck to the boys for Sunday. I'm sure we'll give uh, to Lucy a nice welcome to uh, Salford.
1: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> thank you, Louise, and we will speak to you thanks. again really soon.
5: Bye, guys. All Cheers, right, thank thanks. You. Bye, bye.
1: Well, that was uh, really good. Wasn't she good, wasn't she? Yeah, really good. I I didn't expect anything different, to be honest, but that was... uh, uh, Do you know what? It's great to to hear somebody that speaks with so much passion about their club and the game. and And it's easy to...
0: To forget as well the issues that they've got going off the field with the ground and 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 such as well, and having to rebuild and I mean they've potentially been kicked out of their home, haven't they? Yeah, so yeah. and they've had. It, I think it's easy of, to yeah. forget about that as well with ownership so, and all yeah. that
1: type of stuff. Yeah, and you know, but really interesting to to um, to Louise's journey there, and uh, yeah, I look forward to speaking to uh, to her again when uh, uh, as the season progresses. Yeah, uh, especially if Salford are doing better than ninth, then uh, she'll be really giddy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So.
0: Right, and lastly on this week's pod, it means it's time for this. I've, I've done a new jingle,
1: really. Yep. Come on, let's hear it. Ready? Yep.
5: Who's forward podcast prediction league
1: with six again? I like it.
0: That's my mum. That I like. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's all right. It? Yeah. That was all right. Yeah, well done, thanks. Hello.
1: So we should have Rye
4: with us, shouldn't we? Yeah. Hello, you... right How you are like... you? you? All right. Did you like the jingle? I do. Yeah, it's nice. It's it's different, but He's it's nice. Not... He's not impressed. You can tell. Is he? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm mum... shocked. I'm actually shocked. <laughs> Mum's getting sacked from yeah, the. Nah, that's <laughs> <over>. <laughs> She's so... been promised. She's been promised after trophy, hasn't yeah.
1: she? <laughs> <laughs> so. Excellent. So Bry, talk to us about the current table or well don't talk to don't talk to me.
4: About do we have it. to? Do we no do <laughs> oh, we have to no.
1: talk about I think it full? We should, stop? Yeah. Uh, no, know, no. <laughs> I think yeah. yeah, go on then.
4: Okay, so after last week's um round one, Callum leads the table with seventeen points. Gee. Oh, no. Um Carrie for the insiders, Carrie Roberts, she got fifteen points. Um, the stats team, Bobby, got fourteen, as did myself. Uh the Lancashire team, Louise, she got twelve points. Andy, unfortunately, got nine this last week. And Nicola <laughs> from the Yorkshire team got four points. So they couldn't leave bottom of the table.
1: <laughs> if, if um if Nicola would have actually picked her own team, I would have been bottom. <laughs> <laughs> True. But, yeah, but oh well it's, it's only week one there's plenty of plenty of time for a comeback. I don't need to be yeah, so but flat, you know, so sort of
4: bold about these predictions in future, yeah, but someone's yeah can in like a Cheshire cart I can tell yeah' <laughs>
1: I'm, just, I'm gonna
4: mute him in a minute,
1: oh, <laughs> I'm a troll there these buttons. Are oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean you. So, <laughs> so, any was there any um, any particular highlights? Carrie did well, I thought. For the I insiders. think Carrie
4: Roberts. Carrie Roberts, when we were all um, laughing and joking of Huddersfield by thirty-two, and she was four points off, was <laughs> yeah. was a particular highlight. To be quite fair,
1: yeah, well done. And
4: um, uh, and and Louise Colin Salford.
1: We've just, well, uh, you might not have heard, you will hear before the pod, yeah. when you listen to the pod. We've just had an interview with Louise and she was absolutely fantastic.
4: She's so, really nice. She's yeah, a lovely lady. She's
1: uh, abs- it's well worth a listen. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, low lights, dry. Nicola. Win. Yeah. <laughs> four,
4: po- Unfortunately. That, four points for Yorkshire. That's poor, isn't it? Uh, I, I think as you say though, she'd have been on ten if,
1: <laughs> if
4: she'd have got her own team if, right, if she'd yeah. have just picked if she'd have just done what Louise done and picked hole by two, she'd yeah, have been on right. ten at yeah, least. Exactly. So, and then it'd have been and then we'd be talking about how poor your was. So yeah, exactly.
1: So thanks Nicola, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so,
4: all right, so uh
1: Bright, do you want to introduce this week's contestants?
4: Yes, so for Lancashire, um we have Waddington fan Um, a fan account a loose wire
1: yeah with an excellent Um, blog spot by the way
4: fantastic Um, for Yorkshire we also have another fan account uh, lot17a Leeds fan
1: with an excellent pod and I believe a new one coming to boot as well
4: yeah I've seen that looks interesting yeah Um, and for the insiders we have now Wigan wheelchair representative and England representative Declan Roberts. Excellent. Who's Excellent. really looking forward to the start of the new season in a few weeks' time. Okay.
1: Fantastic. I think when the start of the new season comes, we're going to try and get Declan and uh, speak about the uh, the growth of the uh, the wheelchair game. And uh, hopefully looking some thoughts forward to the World Cup and things of all. Callum, aren't we? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that'll, be, uh, that'll be splendid. So, right. Shall we, uh, should we get on with the predictions
4: then? Shall we crack on?
1: We shall. Right. Uh what have you got first up, Brian?
4: Uh we've got on Thursday, Warrington v. Castleford.
1: Okay. I've gone Warrington by fourteen, based on the fact that I think Warrington got a win last week and I think they can do better. Uh and I think that's it doesn't get any easier for Cass after getting beat by Salford. Mm. So I'm going I've gone Warrington by fourteen.
0: I've gone Warrington by eight. Are pretty much the same reasons. I think they'll get better than they were against Leeds and
4: uh, Cass. Joy's still, still out on Cass for me. Okay. We have the stats team. I've gone Waddington by 12. Yep. Uh, a loose fire for Lancashire has gone Waddington by 4. Mm. Um, lot 17A for Yorkshire has gone Waddington by 22.
1: Ooh. Don't like Cass, though, no, do they? Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
4: Deck Roberts, for the insiders, has gone wa- uh, Warrington by 14. Mm. And myself, for the exact same reasons as yourselves, boys, I've gone Warrington by 16. Okay. Okay. Excellent. Next ones. Uh, Wigan for leads on Friday, depending on the storm that's coming.
0: Ooh, yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, I'm going to go Wigan by 10. I think uh, they look pretty good against all K.R., Yes, Leeds impressed me. Um, I think with Bentley out and maybe one or two other knocks. Um, I don't know what's up with Harry Newman. I don't know if he's back or not, but I just think that Wigan at home alleged
1: it. Okay, so Callum's gone what? Sorry, Callum? Wigan 10. All right, and I've gone Wigan by 12.
4: We have... uh, The stats team have gone Wigan by four. Okay. Um, A loose wire for Lancashire have gone Wigan by six. Lot seventeen eight for for Yorkshire have gone Leeds by
1: eight. Ah, he's got faith in his own team there, hasn't he?
4: Yeah. I think there's the, the, more than doable. More cable, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Deck Roberts for the insiders has gone Wigan by eight. And myself, I have gone Wigan by eight.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. So just Lot seventeen eight going for Leeds. Leeds did impress me yep. in the opening round. But okay. yeah. uh, next up, Bry. Hull FC Saints, which is on Channel 4 this week. It is. And if they can repeat the viewing figures and things from last week, I think they'll be uh, doubly excited, I think. Mm. Um, I, I can see a tougher game for Saints this week, but I think they'll come out on top. I think they'll look really good. But first home game for Hull, crowd will be right behind them, etc. But I'm going Saints by 10.
0: Okay. Um, I'm going to... Scribble that out and put a new score. Um, I'm going to say Saints by 18. I think they might have picked up one or two knocks and all get a bit stronger than they were last week. So I'm going to say Saints 18. Okay.
4: Uh, The stats team have gone also Saints by 10. Um, A loose wire for Lancashire have gone Saints by 14. Lot 17A for York should have gone Saints by 18. Deck Roberts for the insiders has gone Saints by 24. And myself, I've gone Saints by sixteen.
1: Okay. Next game,
4: uh, Huddersfield for Hull KR okay, on Saturday.
1: Uh, tough one, I think. Is a tough one, well, it that. would have been. I think it would have been tough if I hadn't have been so impressed by Huddersfield last week. Mm. So I'm going for Huddersfield by sixteen.
0: Mm. I I thought okay, I looked a bit clunky,
1: and
0: it is a tough one. That, but I'm
4: going to say Huddersfield by eight. Okay. We have the stats team. I've said Hull KR by eight. Um, a loose wire for Lang should have said Huddersfield by two. Lot seventeen a for York should have said Huddersfield by two. Deck Roberts by, uh, of the Insiders has said Hull KR by ten, and myself I've gone Hull KR by four. Okay,
0: mm. that, that could be a really good game. That. Yeah, It's also a coin, I think. Yeah, definitely.
4: Next one, Bri? Uh Catalan for Wakey on Saturday night on Sky.
0: Um, I think Catalan will bounce back um, pretty easily, um, especially at home, and it's always difficult to travel there in it. So I'm going to say Catalan by
1: 16. Yeah, totally agree. Exactly the same thoughts as you and I've gone Catalan by 22, extra try and a Um,
4: everyone's gone for Catalan this week. We have the stats team have gone Catalan by 14. A loose wire for should have gone Catalan by 8. Um, Lot 17 for York should have gone Catalan by 18. Deck Roberts for the insiders have gone Catalan by 18. And myself, I've gone Catalan by 22. Mm-hmm.
1: If we'd have had down at Bellevue this week, I wonder if they'd have gone Wakefield. Mm. But you've got it, aren't you? Yeah, I've so, yeah. <laughs>
4: Unless you're Nicola. Unless yeah. you're Nicola, yeah. <laughs> and then the last game, right? Oh, on Sunday, Salford fee Toulouse.
0: Toulouse just did not impress me at all. Um, and Salford did. So for that reason, I'm going to say Salford by 24.
1: Exactly the same. And I've gone the same as the last prediction. And I've gone Salford by 22.
4: Again, everyone's gone for Salford this week. Uh, stats team have gone Salford by 16. A loose wire for Lancashire has also gone sulphur by 16. Lot 17A for Yorkshire have gone sulphur by 10. Deck Roberts for the Insiders has gone sulphur by 18. And I have also gone for sulphur by 18.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. So there's not much in there. Everyone seems to have gone for the. the only, I think the only difference we've got in the league this week is uh, Lot 17A obviously predictably going for Leeds.
4: And so it's of all course, be on the I, scores. And it's a bit split. It's three and three splits for we'll just field whole KR. Ah, right, oh, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, of course. I forgot about that one. Mm. So, yeah, well, this is my time to shine, and I shall pick some points up this week, Callum.
4: <laughs> and so you'll be bottom next week, then, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> probably,
1: yeah. So, well, Callum, I think that just about does it, doesn't it? It certainly does. Um, Brian, thanks once again for doing the prediction league.
4: Not a problem, and we look boys. Looking
1: forward to that going up on uh, Sunday on Monday. Yeah. Yeah.
4: As soon as the games are over on Sunday, probably put it up there. Brilliant. Uh when when you put the pod out I'll put the i I'll put the scores up. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Uh right, well, if you've stayed with us all this time, thank you very much. Yeah. Um I know we've gone on a bit longer tonight, but I thought it was a really good episode and we've had I've had to ring three different people this episode, so well that's always good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, like Multitasker. Yeah. yeah. I know. I like that good. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, thank you very, very much for staying with us. Um, but that is goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye
4: from me.